What's up, sandwich heads? Today on Steve O's Sandwich Reviews, we've got the tips and tricks to the best sandwich order. And it all starts with this little guy right here Pepsi Zero Sugar. Partial to pastrami, craving a Cubano. Yeah, sounds delicious, but boom! Add the crisp, refreshing taste of Pepsi Zero Sugar and cue the fireworks. Lunch, dinner, or late night, it'll be a sandwich worth celebrating. Trust me, your boy's eaten a lot of sandwiches in his day, and the one thing I can say with absolute fact every bite is better with Pepsi. This week on Dueling Review, it is Radiant Black number two from Image Comics. Yesterday, Nathan found an alien artifact that turned him into a superhero. Today, his dad says he has to get a job, so driving for rideshare company driver it is. Oh, and there's also someone else out there robbing banks with powers like his. That part's probably important. All right, it is time for this show. It's time. I've got to tell you... Uh, when I first saw Radiant Black number one, the cover and everything, I was just like, eh, I don't know. This just looks okay. Now, I don't know if you if you read Radiant Black number one. I know it was reviewed on the site. I don't know if Christopher or somebody reviewed it on the site. Yeah, somebody snaked it from me. I wanted to do it, but, you know. Um, but after reading this, this second issue, and I read the first issue, too, mm. I really like this series. Yeah, I do, too. And... I feel like part of the reason that it works is, uh, you know, the same reason that I think we liked Invincible back in the day. Well, and so that's what I'm saying is this book, and this is what I said on this week's um, Major Spoiler staff picks over at Majorspoilers.com. This feels like a worthy successor to Invincible. And many people who are sitting there thinking like, oh, man, I'm sure, sure, sad Invincible is gone. I sure wish there was another Invincible book then you need to probably pick up Radiant Black and and start reading it and grabbing it now because I have a feeling if the creator gets enough praise for this or the creators get enough praise for this, and they really do deserve a lot of praise, yeah. uh, Kyle Higgins and uh, Marcelo Costa, uh, I hope this is something that continues at least up to 18 issues because I think if it can get to 18 issues and still be relevant and still be good, I have a feeling that's when the masses will pick it up and go, oh my God, this is just like Invincible. This was great. Well, and you know, they have to introduce the other four colored Rangers um, because obviously you can't well, just have a red and a black. I, I'm i curious because even though it says radiant black on the cover, mm-hmm. he's more blue. And so I'm thinking blue shift, red shift here, you know, when it comes to how light transmits and how the wavelength of energy, you know, the, the red is receding while the blue is, is coming towards you. I'm wondering... If at some point we find out that Red Ranger is really Nathan from the future or something. I hadn't thought about that. No, I looked at this in there. I mean, they're wearing roughly identical costumes. Mm -hmm. My first thought is they are part of a Sentai. Yeah. And Alpha 5 did not, you know, teleport them in. So we still got to find the yellow and the blue and the pink Sentai. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, the, the six Ranger Radiant Green Actually, probably Soylent Green. He'll probably turn into Radiant White at some point. No, no. Soylent White. Look at all this paper. No. Uh, <laughs> Soylent Green. So it's going to be Radiant Black, uh, Left Hand Red, Right Foot Blue, Soylent Green, uh, I Am Curious Yellow, and uh, Frankenberry Pink. That's going to be the Sentai team, and then they're going to be assembled, and Zordon's going to show up. 
Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't. I, at this point, I have no idea where this is going. I I am very taken by this series. I yes. think that it is uh, very neat. Omega Lazarus says in the chat, my mind screamed Mega Man when I saw the ad for Radiant Black. See, and that's that's also a good uh, kind of a point for it. It doesn't feel like a traditional comic book superhero concept, mm -hmm. but it is a familiar concept because it feels like things that we have seen. Yeah. But it's also doing something fresh with it. Yeah, the Mega Man is a good thing. The Super Sentai is another good reference point. I looked at that first cover and I was just like, yeah, this could, I mean, this could be really solid, like a TV show type super. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I'm hoping that it's not trying to do is just being a pitch for launch a show. Yeah. To yeah. launch, to launch a show or to pitch a, an animated series or whatever. Right. Um, because I think that this has, you know, just based on the first two issues, this definitely has a 12 issue run in it. And yes. I'm hoping, like I said, if it can get to issue 18, that's probably when it will find its greater following. Uh, you know, after you have like three trades out, people will want to buy that omnibus. And I, right. to be honest, I think that's what happened with Invincible. Uh, I think yeah, that exactly there were very few people that read the first. Out, yeah. Everybody was like, oh my God, we need to get issue one. And then somehow issue one cost you a hundred bucks. Yeah. I was lucky and got it at 40 bucks. So there you go. Yeah, I didn't buy it. I'm I'm curious. There's something else that kind of popped into. I know Omega Lazarus says Mega Man. At some point, though, as I'm reading this, mm. I am thinking, is Nathan and his best friend just Archie and Jughead or Archie and Reggie? Because the <laughs> way that they're drawn, you know, they, Nathan's got the red hair and it's kind of spiked up like the modern version of, of Archie uh, is. And then his best friend, who's kind of a jerk, uh, has dark kind of wavy hair. Uh, but if you look at the comic book adaptations of the River uh, Riverdale series, the especially the um, Southside Snake Peoples, and the way Southside that they draw, serpents. yeah, the way that they draw um, Jughead, mm. it looks very similar to what we're seeing here. So I was kind of wondering if it's like, wow, this is a really weird take on uh, Archie and Jughead. Mm, that's interesting. I really felt uh, kind of a vibe of um, not Cory Walker, but the other Invincible guy, Otley. Oddly, yeah, in especially in the facial expressions and the design mm -hmm. of our main character. But I can kind of see that, too. And I don't know if that's an intentional thing, if that's uh, something's in the water and it's just sort of de rigueur of how you draw a comic in the year 2021. I don't know. But there's so much going on, so much that could go in that has gone into this book. There are so many influences that it's really hard to say, is this X, Y, and Z? Because it really feels like we're synthesizing a bunch of things that we like into something new. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't feel like this is a Power Rangers or a Mega Man or, you know, even a Riverdale story. And that's what I like, even though it's comparable, I would say, to like an Invincible, the first few issues of Invincible. Yeah. I also feel like it's definitely not the same book. It's not, you know, no, but young Mark working at the thing, working at Burger Fool, having a side job and waiting to get well, his powers. Well, Nathan doesn't even Nathan doesn't even have a job. That's the problem, right? But well, here's, he works for a driver. Yeah. Here's here's the thing, though. Um, we are still two issues in. The first issue is surprise. You have uh, tapped into some kind of superhero thing, and you had a bit of an adventure. And now right. issue two is. Hey, there's another guy just like me. He's probably a bad guy, and I'm trying to figure out my powers. Issue right. number three will probably be I'm working through my powers and taking on a you know lesser group of bad guys. 
If this only goes five or six issues, then you know four is when he comes face-to-face with uh, the red guy, and then issue five or six will be the big battle. What's missing in here at this moment, um, and and I'm sure it will be introduced at some point, is the love interest. And we don't have the love interest introduced yet. And I'm not saying every story has to have a love interest, but when you're dealing with superheroes, Superman has Lois Lane and Lana Lang. Uh, and Lori Lori Loomis Lumaris Lumaris and then you know you've got Batman who has sleeps with everybody you've got well you know even Barry, millionaire Bruce Wayne has a thing on the side you've got Barry and and Wally with their respective loves and Wonder Woman with Steve Trevor you know uh, Captain America has Peggy Carter and and everyone else he's been with um you know even the Hulk has has some romance in his life every once in a while Betty and this this is missing that love interest that is a, a very big trope in in comics, especially with superhero comics. Even even with Invincible, he has Adam Eve. Yeah, and it, you have to ask yourself, what track are they going with? I mean, is this going to be a take on, you know, traditional Spider-Man type stuff? Is it going to have that, you know, love interest? Do you have to have that in there? Or is it going to be something weird like, you know, 90s New Warriors, where it ends up being about the questions of morality and the things that you run into. I don't know. Well, I mean, it certainly could be that. I mean, you could do without a a female love interest. But then that book, then the book suddenly becomes a lot more sausage party than anything. Eh, have a male love interest. I mean, he's something. got his mom, right? He's got his mom. His um, mom is not a love no 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 but i mean you know somebody's like oh well if you need a female at least he's got his mom in the picture um yeah yeah. i guess but i i don't know i think that that's probably the thing that's missing here because even though his best friend is a is a screw-up and unless they have a relationship together which is totally fine right and that and i think that would actually be very interesting uh you know midnighter and apollo both have powers uh unfortunately alan scott's um i think they were married he died like issue one or issue two. So you really never got to know him, but it would right. be interesting. You know, that would actually, I would be okay if Nathan and the other guy's name, I forget what his name is Tyler or something. I forget um, if they turned out to be a couple and it was, it was Nathan trying to save his, his uh, significant other in that way. I'd be okay with that too. I think there'd be a lot of people who would reject the book. If that's the sudden turning point that happened, because there's nothing in the first two issues that lead you to believe that. Which then leads me to believe, who is the person that's going to be put in peril? Well, and I mean, you don't necessarily have to have a romantic element to a superhero story. But I can definitely see, you know, why you want one. Especially, you know, what we're looking at here. There are a lot of questions still up in the air. Yes. We don't necessarily know. Adam Eve didn't even really become a thing until second volume. Well, yeah, the the entire team team showed up in like issue eight or nine after yeah, the death of the Guardians. The, yeah, but they just showed up. So it wasn't marked up until that point. Mark doesn't even have a girlfriend. He's got his right. best friend that he's palling around with, which, again, Radiant Black is the successor to Invincible at this point. What what didn't you like about this book? Um, I did not like the way it opened. Uh, I this felt particular like issue? The, yeah. Yeah. I felt like the the conflict with the dad, while I understood where they were going, I feel like it took up a lot of the book. And then we had that strange transition to the police arriving, which 
for me, had it started with the police arriving rather than a slow buildup into an, oh, my God, what happened last night situation? I feel like yeah. it. I, I might have appreciated it more, but I don't hate anything about it. I mean, there weren't any moments that stood out for me as particularly terrible. And I do really like that we got kind of a not necessarily standard issue, but a very silver age moment where you know, the villain escapes and he has this bag of cash and he has money problems and is he going to make the right decision? And of course he has to make the right or else he's not the hero of the piece anymore. Yeah. But I really liked how that played out and I liked the sequence where he was sitting there, but yeah, the, the cops showing up and becoming an important part of this felt like a lot of a, a long walk for a short drink because it felt like the cops were just set up for that moment at the end where he dropped off the duffel bags of stolen money. Yeah. I, so that hmm. we'd have a cop character there that we recognize. Well, or a couple of cop characters, right? And and one right. of them, uh, and if we're following all the tropes, right? And because that's that's the way we expect superhero comics to go, and it thrills me so much when they do, don't go that way. So if we don't get a love interest, fine. But yeah. of the two cops, you know, one of them's bad and is going to try to blackmail or try to do something to uh, take Radiant Black down, or he's the one that knows the secret and at the last minute. Uh, uh, decides not to reveal it and ends up dying. And then, you know, Nathan's over his dead body is like, I'm sorry, kid. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't turn you into Mr. Big. Um, here's the thing that I liked about this issue. I, I agree with you. There's not a, there's not really anything to dislike. I rather enjoyed the long conversation that he does have with his dad, both at the beginning and into the book, because you know, his dad is like, you better get yourself a job. Um, but at the same time, we see Nathan is like, dad, I'm a writer. And that is that is where I'm going to be. And I'm not going to be a success overnight. It takes time to do these things. And I really love this internal struggle of the writer or the reality of the writer that Kyle Higgins is putting into this book. And I don't know if he's drawing from uh, experience. But it certainly feels like here is a writer that realizes that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Right. Kind of moment. He's a writer. Yeah. And, and to figure out that a way to have that conversation with the comic book dad to the point where the comic book dad understands that. Right. Uh, I think really works. And I thought that was a, a nice little bit of this book. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed the, the conversation. I, and I think I wish more people were understanding of not just gig economy workers, because that's what he's doing when he's do, doing stuff for driver. Right. But also realizing that writing is not easy. Right. And a lot of people are like, hey, I make comic books. Oh, you must make lots of money. No, no, I don't. Oh, I'm a writer. Oh, yeah. Have, I, have you have I read anything that you've written? Probably not. Um, and I, and I kind of like that, the fact that Nathan is very realistic after coming down from this fantasy world that he started pre this series starting, right? Cause he starts oh. off pre series living in Hollywood, uh, trying to make a living, ra- getting himself in tremendous amounts of debt and then right. having to move back home to try to work off that debt while still trying to figure out what does it mean to be a writer and what does it mean to want to work with c- this career? So I think if nothing else, just his arc as a writer is something that should be should be yeah. looked at and read by a lot of people who want to break into any kind of industry. That's kind of cool. I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. So bottom line for me is I really enjoyed this book. I enjoyed it a lot. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it 
to everybody. Uh, seriously, if you enjoyed Invincible, I think now is the time to grab this book because it, I think it's going to be the next Invincible and, you know, buy a couple of copies so that when the <laughs> first issue goes up to 150 bucks, you can make 150 bucks and still have the <sighs> first issue. Don't, don't go out and try and speculate on books. It's, I, I think in this case, I think in this case, even if the book doesn't go anywhere and you have to sell it for five bucks or something in five years, you're still going to be happy that you bought two copies and kept this uh, series going for as long as it's it's going to go. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I really enjoy this issue. I enjoyed the first issue. And I feel like this is a book that really could go anywhere. And that's I think that's the best for me, comparison point to Invincible, because Invincible didn't go where we thought it was going to go. Invincible mm-hmm. started out as, here we go, this is a take on Amazing Spider-Man, and it went somewhere else, and it did different things, and it did them uniquely, if that's a word. And I'd like to see you know, this book do the same thing. I'd like to see Radiant Black find its own way and become not necessarily a new version of Invincible, but, you know, the new book that people compare to when people say, hey, that independent image book that I love so very much, where we would say Invincible, you know, kids today, those kids, those rotten kids, they can say, hey, Radiant Black, do you remember when it came out? And we were all like, yeah, now 100 years later, it's something different. That, I feel, is the most exciting part of this. Design-wise, it's really, really cool, mm-hmm. really yeah. sleek, yeah. really awesome. It looks really and good. And the only mistake, the only mistake that I feel they've made is that the bad guy is red and the red guy should always be good. No, not necessarily. Red guy is good. Uh, Mark Smith 72 red, red Mark Smith 72 in the chat says, I'm so glad that this was a good choice. It's so nice to hear about a genuinely good book. What the heck is, is Mark Smith 72 talking about, uh, Matthew? I, think he's talking about uh your endless negativity but also <laughs> he's talking about the fact that he and many of the spoilerites listening to the show maybe even you if you're listening right now actually voted for steven and i to review this book this week and moreover are on their way to go and vote for next week's book the next thing we review on dueling review yeah that's right point your browser over to patreon.com slash major spoilers and look for the posting that says Dueling Review for March 24th, uh, 2021. There will be a couple of links that list all of the comics that are coming out next week or currently coming out next week, scheduled to come out next week. And then in right. the comic uh, comment section, you let us know what one comic you want us to read. Perhaps next week from DC Comics, you will want us to read Action Comics 1029 or the Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries, issue number one at Digital First over there at Comixology. Uh, Batman, uh, uh, White Knight, Harley Quinn, issue number six arrives next week, as does, let's see, Harley Quinn and the Hunt for Harley. Oh, and the Birds of Prey, the Hunt for Harley. That is a trade paperback that arrives. Uh, So does Detective Comics 1034 and Wonder Woman, the sensational Wonder Woman, issue number 12, a digital first there as well. A lot of good comics coming out next week from DC Comics. Uh, over at Boom Studios next week, we have Dune, House Atreides, number five, almost the halfway point of the series. Firefly, okay. brand new verse, number one, and Power Rangers, number five. Dark Horse Comics next week has Crimson Flower, number three. Also, we have, let's see, Orville Season 2.5 trade paperback. That's a 1999 book. And Spy Island for 1999. Uh, looks like we have Barbalian, Red Planet, number five. 
and Crimson Flower number three as the only new issues coming out from Dark Horse next week. Everything else is trade paperback or merchandise related. Dynamite Entertainment has Rensonia number 25 and Vampirilla vs. Purgatory, which Rodrigo reviewed already this week on the Major Spoilers podcast. Uh, that issue number one is uh, out next week from Dynamite Entertainment. IDW Publishing has the comic book history of animation number four, the penultimate issue there. Dungeons and Dragons at the Spine of the World number four, the final issue in that miniseries. And then Sonic the Hedgehog number 38. Uh, yes, uh, you are correct. Usagi Yojimbo number 17 is currently on the ban list. Image <laughs> Comics has Bitterroot number 11, Crossover number three, Department of Truth number five gets a second print- printing, Nomen Omen number 13, and Stray Dogs number two. Marvel Comics, oh, a lot of people have already been requesting this one. Alien number one, Amazing Spider-Man number 62, Black Panther number 24, uh, Carnage, Black, White, and Blood, number one, and Taskmaster, number three. That's a series that Matthew's really enjoying. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Not uh, Taskmaster, number three. Taskmaster, number five, the five. final issue, yeah, arrives next week. That series. Yeah. In all the rest category, 2000 AD, 22, number tw- uh, 2212 Xmas 2020 special arrives here in the United States. Uh, interesting thing is we get the Titan Comics, um, not Titan Comics, uh, the 2000 AD folk. Uh, always send us the stuff that's releasing in the UK mm-hmm. that week. So like back at Christmas time, we got issue 2212, but now it's only arriving in the United States. So it's always weird when they send those to us and they, they realize that I've asked them, I said, are you sure you want us to review these things like three months ahead of their U S release? And they were like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, American mythology monsters. Number three arrives as does blade runner origins. Number two from Titan comics. Gung Ho, Sexy Beast, number three. That's a weird kind of post-apocalyptic uh, series from, I think it's a Blaze Comics is who does that one. They've sent us the first couple of issues, and the art in it is phenomenal. But there's a lot of naked bits and nudie peoples uh, right. in, the, in that series. Uh, Lady Freedom, number one, arrives next week, as does Miskatonic, number five. And Paranormal Hitmen, number two. Shadow Doctor, number two. And Silver Age Classics, Kona, Monarch, Monster, Isle... Kona Monarch, Monster Isle hardcover volume Kona, one. Kona, colon, the Monarch of Monster Isle. Ah, see, that's not it's what... It's a gold key see, book. Di- no, this is a Silver Age book. Uh, this is... <laughs> I will this smack is you. Diamond I will smack. just misses out on all of the words that are needed to fully understand what the title of something is. Well, the problem is, if you use the conjunctions, you actually have to send money to the Schoolhouse Rock people. Maybe. And... Yeah. Finally, we it, wrap up this. If and and but get most of our jobs done. This uh, list winds up this week with Vietnam Horror Number One, a mature reader book. Those are some of the books coming out next week. Like we said, listener, head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Cast your vote for a comic that we will review next week. Then come back next week to find out what we reviewed. Hook up your Patreon account to the Discord server so you can listen to us live Thursday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. And you will maybe also hear Matthew say, I travel in time, just like this. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.